There is no question that something is here. Lurking. Somewhere in the darkened corners. But how will we ever find out what it is? We need to look. Always. And never stop. No matter what stands in our way. No matter what others may think. Explore the darkness. Shine light into it. Join the red strings and the silver threads. Everything is connected. Somehow. I am Mark L. Watson. This is Peer Beyond the Veil. Every day is a, you know, a learning process when it comes to what I'm experiencing, and that's why the more I delve in, the more I experience it, because um, I consider these abilities like a spiritual muscle, and the more you flex it and you know, work it out, um, you know, you'll harness that abilities to get it to its best uh, capability to you know, help and use during cases and, and have a broader sense of spirituality as a whole. I believe that we all have psychic abilities. Um, one thing um, to mention is that I truly believe, I mean, obviously, we're spiritual beings living in a human vessel or body for a human experience. And our souls come into these vessels to learn, um, to bring a brighterness to our soul, to progress as our souls, to accomplish some sort of spiritual mission or soul contract, if you will, um, to bring, you know, an opportunity to be similar to God, when, what God represents, um, full of unconditional and forgiveness. And you know, learn for ourselves and then share what that light represents with everyone we encounter while we're on this planet. Many of us, certainly here in the world of the paranormal and the spiritual, have our preconceptions and assumptions about the realm that exists beyond our own. We watch TV shows, study photos and videos, listen to podcasts, and hear the stories of spirits and their interactions with the living. There are ways to communicate, ways to record their communications with us, and more documented accounts than any one person could ever uncover by themselves. Most of us have to trust in these methods to elicit some open line of dialogue with whatever it is that hides beyond. We have no way to prove that that which comes through on a spirit box, or a spirit board, or the shadowy figure caught on a night vision camera, is indeed proof of the dead, or of an angel, a demon, or an elemental. But there are some who have the ability to take things a little further. Some of us are born with abilities, and whilst it's argued that those abilities lay dormant in all of us, it is those people who can talk with more freedom and clarity to the floating souls of the beyond, the spirits of the deceased, the light and the dark, and the energies of the earth itself. And with such clarity of vision comes a choice. If the spirits of the beyond can come to you freely and you accept them, then you become a beacon, a transmitter, a medium. Some with these fantastic abilities use them for the good of progress, allow themselves to see beyond the grey curtain and into the abyss, and to guide the souls of the deceased to the place of light that they may seek. But with the light comes the dark. My guest tonight is psychic medium, paranormal investigator and researcher, demonologist, TV personality, 
singer, songwriter and author Sean Austin. Sean's work on the show's Ghost Loop and the Demon Files merely scraped the surface of his experiences in the field, his ability to communicate with spirits being with him since he was young. He's worked tirelessly to help both the living and the dead, his faith on one shoulder as a guiding light and a guitar hanging from the other. It is with great pleasure that we welcome Sean as he tells us why he has no choice but to peer beyond the veil. I was a little boy and running home between some homes between 8 and 10 and uh, there was some tall dead grass in between the houses and I was just running through and all of a sudden I saw my peripheral vision something that caught my eye and I just went over to, to investigate what it was and picked it up and it was actually a satanic book. It was burnt on the edges and I just had this really unsettling, creepy feeling. I threw the book down and went home and, and as any child at that age would um, start crying to the mother. Um, so, you know, there's just one of those things that I looked back and I'm like, wow, that was something that was, I think that was a sign of some sort that would mean something later on in my life because of my individual calling and how involved I ended up being in this out of in the middle of nowhere in my life. A few years before I got involved in the paranormal, there was a girlfriend of mine coming to hang out with me um, at a house, and I had roommates at the time, and she pulled up to the house, and she saw this black hooded thing looking into my window, and then turned its head, had black eyes, and it just disappeared before her her eyes, um, and she never told me this story until she started seeing I was posting things on social media about the paranormal because she thought I would have thought she was crazy, and she said it was the most terrifying thing she ever had seen. Um, which is, to me, another thing, another uh, foreboding, if you will, um, that these dark entities knew that I'd be getting involved and going up against them to whatever level I'm meant to do. Um, and they were watching me from the outside until I actually, um, you know, engaged the spiritual realm. And then I kind of um, involved myself with the spiritual rules of engagement, which is, which is something that I've always called it. And it's like, you know, once you actually engage these things and step in the way of evil um you actually make yourself an adversary to the enemy of man and that's the devil and you got to be prepared for that and um that's where it's taken me down this road of dealing with dark malicious malevolent spirits and helping people but not only people but also spirits um actually ghosts that are earthbound that need some sort of direct acknowledgement or incentive to, to let them know that it's okay to let go of whatever they went through in their life and to be with their loved ones and go towards the light, um, you know, for whatever the reason why they're sticking around. And this has been kind of like a recurring theme since um, I've got involved and has pushed me and pulled me towards this corner where I am in this present day. Do you ever find now that you're on the battlefield and you've come toe to toe with, you know, the array of energies that you do, that you, you're unable to fade it out. Does it ever invade in your day to day life in a, in a way that, not that you wish it didn't, but that, you know, you're in, you're knee deep in this, whether you like I mean, like when I really started to have medium abilities, like it definitely had a few moments where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I could see where people would be frightened to think that they're going crazy because it's it just like uh, a veil was lifted within me and I just started hearing words, thoughts that are not mine. They just kind of pass by me. They're like text messages to my head. Most of the time, they're not like me speaking to you. Sometimes they do and I actually can hear them speak and it's kind of like an echo as if I'm underwater because um, that's what they're telepathically projecting. And I'm kind of like a, you know, a receptor or an antenna that's picking up on their spiritual airwaves. 
Um, but um, I've gotten used to it a lot now. But yeah, I mean, you know, you know, wherever I go, I mean, you have spirits saying things to you. They might be trying to warn you about something or telling you something that's about to come or something about somebody. And it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating too, because you really don't know, you say, you hear names all the time and you don't know who these names are perceived to or had something to do with. And, you know, you kind of just collectively just, I just, I listen. And then like, sometimes I pick up connections and I realize, okay, that's why I was hearing this or feeling this. And I was being shown this by spirits. Cause that's really what the mediumship is about. It's like this connection between, you know, the dead and, and myself is that, you know, or, or like, you know, you know, guardian angels or spirit guides um, that are watching over me and trying to guide me or warn me or, and things like that. So, I mean, it's, a, it's <laughs> it definitely be overwhelming. I experience something paranormal every single day of my life because of these abilities, um, but I don't take it back. Um, I, I feel that's where I'm supposed to be and I'm just trying to absorb it like a sponge and to, you know, make an impact um, in this whole thing because I'm, I'm drawn to it. God has sent me um, to be involved in the paranormal and I want to make the biggest impact possible and do good and represent what God stands for. And that is unconditional love, forgiveness and helping others with the gifts and talents or whatever God has given me in my life. Um, and I always kind of just wondered about God. I feel like I had conversations like as a young kid and like going through some tough times myself and I just look up and things like that. Um, when you actually uh, have these true genuine paranormal experiences uh, and you and in having validity to your faith because of those experiences and I, I've had them, it's, it's, a, it's the difference between believing in God and now knowing that God exists, knowing that they're angels, knowing that there's demons. It's because my religious faith protects me from evil spirits. I've witnessed firsthand legitimate, true demonic things come at me and back away because of my faith. Um, there's a story that um, I wrote about that's coming out in my second book. Um, it should be out in, around Halloween about a girl who was possessed and she was pregnant. And I tried to help this girl and I went through a harrowing, just terrible, uh, insane um, experience because no one wanted to touch this case with a 10 foot pole. And I was right before I got involved in demonology where Ralph Sarchi ended up being my mentor in demonology. And I had no one to know where to turn, but I was going to people and, you know, they give me advice. But when you get emotionally involved with trying to help someone, you, you feel guilty, like leaving them behind. <clears throat> and I did everything in my power to help this girl. And through that process, I had some of the most amazing, crazy, um, just off the charts, Hollywood level, um, you know, demonic things happen. And, and I, it's just, it's crazy, but I'll just give you an example. You know, she'd be on the phone with me and she's in another state. I'm not even in the same state as this girl and I'm having activity and I'm being attacked, you know, even in my room states away by praying to her over the phone. I hear laughing over the phone. I all of a sudden have 13 scratches show up on my arm. Or like one time I have a recording of her and she talks like a, you know, a man and goes, Sean, she's mine. Something you just think of right out of a freaking movie. And it sounds like there's more than one voice there. I have the recording. And, um, you know, I, I had a crucifix about six inches or so. And uh, I put it right up to the phone. She can't even hear me on the phone. <laughs> Pissed at me. Right when the cross touched the phone. And to me, it was one of those defining moments. Chills to the bone, just like, holy crap. And this girl's speaking English backwards. I, I mean, I put recordings backwards to understand what she was saying. I mean, this was legit. And, um, 
that cross situation is just one of those things. Why would that thing hiss at me like that? And just like, that's, that's bringing my faith now with experiences like that. And it's not the only one throughout my journey in the paranormal that has taken my faith to an unchartable level where I hold that. And, you know, I wear this blessed St. Michael pendant everywhere I go. It mentions my, this pendant almost all the time saying that I'm protected, you know, to some degree because of that. Um, and that's why I don't mess around. Um, so, I mean, I know how these things work and I try to, you know, produce and create fear within the individual to get what they want. Um, because if you fear them, then you actually undermine God's protection to, um, you know, for them to back away from you. Uh, it's, I always make the uh, comparison to a vampire movie. You put a cross up to a vampire, they recoil for about a moment and they start laughing. What do they say? You gotta have faith. And it's the same exact thing. I mean, I could wear blessed medals all over the place and have a, you know, a water gun filled with holy water. But if you don't believe in that, that shit that can actually protect you, then it's not going to do anything. And they know that and they'll use that against you. The power of the light of God, framed in a Christian sense, has long been the greatest weapon against the invasive darkness of the netherworld. Exorcism, in the terms we often refer to it now, is referred to in the Bible, certainly in the New Testament, and according to some interpretations, the Old Testament too. Jesus supposedly commanded his followers to expel evil spirits, he himself achieving it with words alone. His apostles were then told to continue it in his name. So the Christian God has been on the battlefield of light versus dark for quite some time, and his arsenal is well stocked. But the notion of an exorcism is not only a Christian one. Hindus perform sacred rituals or yaga, complete with mantras and the reading of scripture to drive out evil from the soul. Reading certain chapters of the Bhagavad Gita, an epic Hindu verse of scripture, burning incense, sprinkling holy water, and keeping the images of certain deities in the home can all help to cleanse the living spirit of the darkness that exists beyond this plane. Holy water is also used in Islamic practice, as is reading from the Quran. A sheikh will perform the exorcism on a patient whilst they're lying down, his hands on their forehead whilst prayer is read. It is known as Ibra al-Masru, or curing the possessed. Ceremonies for exorcism are observed in Jewish culture, in Buddhist temples around the globe, and in various shamanic practices. In only January of this year, seven people were killed and later ten arrested, after a mass exorcism of the Ngabe Bugle tribal community in Panama. So, is the light which is used as the great broadsword against the invading darkness indeed the light of a god, Christian or otherwise? There are numerous accounts of truly plagued and possessed souls being cleansed and cured after these ceremonies, so the power of the exorcism is there to see. But if such effects can be seen across cultures, then the light cannot be only that of a purely Christian God. Is it the power of the positive thought and intention that is driving away the darkness? Is it a great psychological experiment? Is it trickery, a kind of theosophical placebo effect? What power does the exorcist truly hold 
that he can banish demons from the living in the name of a Lord. Well, like I said, I was mentioned before, number one, your intent. Your intent is such a profound, energetic source um, that portrays, that's involved with this whole thing when it comes to spirituality and the paranormal and how you engage these spirits. And if you're trying to help somebody, um, that's number one. Now, believing in a high power means you do believe in God. And again, you know, you're talking about, I don't judge anyone who has a different belief system than I do. I obviously, my journey and my individual path that has led me and what have I, I, I've experienced has brought my faith to, you know, a limitless level. So that, that's why I do what I do and I hold close to my heart and soul. Now, you say that all these exorcisms that happen in all these different religions in different parts of the, um, you know, the planet that are successful, but I'm not there for those exorcisms. I don't know if that, the, all these exorcisms are legit. I don't know if these people are legitimately possessed. I don't know what, you know, portrayed or took place in those situations. So I can't really say like, okay, they're all being successful. We don't know because there's a lot of fake crap that goes on there and people that are not even possessed and pastors going and people passing out and all sorts of, you know, banana stuff going on. So, I mean, I can't, I, you know, I can't say that. I don't know what's going on. So I don't, I don't know why it would be successful. Um, but, you know, I think uh, certain circumstances and people's intent trying to help out and actually having some sort of belief in a higher power, you know, could be a, a you know, beneficial factor at a play if, if that possibility did take place. Um, but I only count from my own experience and uh, the amount of mentions of, you know, even me praying for spirits. Uh, I leave the spirit box on when I pray and I even did it on the show Ghost Loop, which is something I was happy to do um, and, and be able to push for that element to be on the show. Um, you know, even in today's, you know, environments of like prayer, and sensitive to everything um i you know what if you have evidence to back it up it's just like they're gonna have to put that out there to some extent i mean having a spirit say amen with me at the same exact time as i say amen to the spirit box when i'm praying for them to go into the, and then saying thank you i'm going to heaven or i'm going now i mean to have some sort of um you know reciprocation from not just me saying i'm doing something or claiming i'm doing something i don't want to just sit there because i do have psychic feelings intuition and, and, and certain, uh, you know, ideas that something's happening, but I don't want to just say that to people. I want to have an extra, you know, outsourced third perspective, third person perspective of evidence to lean towards that. And um, all these places that I go, they, I mean, spirits ask for prayer and they pray. Um, and uh, it's just another reason why it's, it, it just directs me towards that. But again, that's my life. That's my soul, my journey, and why it's so involved at that play. And certainly for TV as well, which I know, not, can be fabricated, can be put together and edited in a certain way. And oh, so, yeah. but, you know, I, I watched all of Ghost Loop and yeah. for, for a viewer's benefit through a TV to, you know, hearing you say, oh, well, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. Well, you know, personally, as a viewer, I believe you, but to have no, something- No, I, I think it's important to have evidence to back it up. Back it up. Like, yeah. for instance, like if you look at one of the episodes about the tall man, which is one of the episodes in, in Texas, and I had this thing visit me in my hotel room. It was it was a huge tall shadow and something whispered and told me it was the tall man. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, we were in the car and that whole ordeal did happen. Actually, it was one of the camera girls who was driving us to the property. And obviously they want to piece it together and like it's cohesive, like we were driving, but it did take place. It actually took place and the tire flew off. And, you know, we had people look up to the car and like, I, I don't know anything about cars, but like they're saying that the tire shouldn't have came off because there were still enough lugs that it should have stayed on there. And, you know, we did a spirit box session. I'm like, you know, is this the tall man? It goes, yes. 
And it's just like we go in, I go and interview with the lady at the house who I've never interviewed or talked to before. And she explains that this shadow gets as tall as the ceiling sometimes. So when you have things that I'm not aware of connecting to my psychic abilities and things saying, oh, yes, I'm the tall man throughout the whole process. That to me is giving evidence of I, that's what I want. I want validation of my abilities um, for me as a, you know, individually. So, I mean, even before Ghost Loop, like praying for the spirits, I've been live streaming on Periscope, it's a platform that Twitter owns. And I've been doing it now for five years. And I've been doing what I did on that show plenty, dozens, probably <laughs> hundreds of times in front of thousands of people with no TV editing in my favor. Actually, my first book, there's a big chunk of my book where there are witnesses to the things that happened to me on these places that I've gone, these experiences that I've had. And I like having that back up. And there was actually people that were even claiming on Twitter during Ghost Loop, like, oh, I've never seen somebody get so many responses in the spirit box. I'm like, watch my Periscope. I do it live. I can't, I don't have TV editing in my favor. And I have all these people. I mean, there's a video on my YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash Sean Austin's music, S-E-A-N-A-O-S-T-I-N-S music. And a year and a half before Ghost Loop was greenlit, it was the day after I interviewed for the show, <clears throat> for the concept it wasn't my concept and um i was in a cemetery live streaming in front of about a thousand people and i'm this this cemetery it's um i wrote about my first book it's super haunted my grandparents are actually buried there i've had so many paranormal experiences and all of a sudden my grandparents are referencing i'm his grandpa constantly and it never really has happened like that and i've been there so many times I'm like what do they want and then this voice comes to the spirit box and it goes they want to talk i'm like they want to talk about what and it goes new series tv next year ghost loop five of you leave in front of everyone and i couldn't say anything and everyone on the chat's going do you have a tv show couldn't say anything till a year later until finally we were about we, the show was coming out and i put it on my youtube page and you can watch it for yourself and that was live i i couldn't say anything and that to me that's what I like because it's proving, it's not me just putting a video on YouTube. Like, oh yeah, this crazy crap happened to me. And there's a lot of fake YouTubers that go out there for the sake of getting attention. It disgusts me because I care about the subject. I'm passionate about the subject and there's legitimate things that do happen. And that's why I do like live streaming. There's also a legitimate cause to advance our knowledge as, you know, as a species to move this forward you know there's something there's something there and we need to be oh yeah me you and all the rest of them we need to be doing this we need to be asking the questions and we need to be putting the focus in the right places so that we can as a people move forward with you know spiritual understanding scientific understanding we need to be we need to be advocating it and and helping each other move forward and, and just faking evidence faking oh. yeah for for entertainment purposes you know and, and there are many many shows as you were well aware and, and, do and it for the ratings i'll even say like between you and me like i didn't know some of these people on the team for the tv show so we we were brought together and you know me doing certain things a certain way and like everyone does things differently and i'm just like i got no control over what's going on so that was like very nerve-wracking for me um so <laughs> hopefully in the next tv project involved about what I'm doing and it's, this doesn't just have elements of what I do and it's not just being thrown out there um you know so you know no tv or tv it doesn't matter I still do what I do I go out there it's my passion I want to be involved with it I never thought I'd be a published author just sharing these stories sharing these experiences I go live on Periscope I have people ask me questions from all around the world 
you know, sharing their stories because we can all learn something from each other. We all have different experiences and we can work together synergistically, just like you are referring to. It's so important and we can have a happy medium because that's really what spirituality is all about. It's working together. Um, the unfortunate element is that once Hollywood dipped its um, hands into the paranormal genre, um, you have all the same characteristics that go on in Hollywood into the paranormal field because you got the competition, the, the backstabbing, uh, the, you know, the shit talking, and everyone wanted to compete with each other and not work with each other for the greater good. Um, and now you deal with, with a lot of these situations and then people need to make money and, and you know, everyone's just wandering around. You have, then you have people, like I said before, going on like YouTube and just faking things because they know they can get a million views pull a string on a door or have like dishes flying around a kitchen and say, Oh my God, poltergeist activity. And you know, it, it, and that's why when skeptics approach me and tell me, Oh, that's fake or this and that. I'm like, I can't, I can't prove to you that ghosts are real, but I can say if you were that, you know, persistent in trying to find out if this shit is real, then you got to go out and search for it. And once you actually have uh, an experience where you have no rational explanation for it, that is why we call it the unexplained and you'll be scratching your head for the rest of your life why and how you had that experience and that's why people like me when you start having those experiences it triggers you it pulls you in because you want to know you want to search and understand and unravel this mystery every single day of your life and it, that's how it became a passion for me and that's why i tell all these skeptics i'm like i can't tell you i could tell you this video is a ghost and this and that i mean till the cows come home but i mean you know people want to be cynical and skeptical They'll use, you know, uh, they're like a defense lawyer for rationalities and they'll find loopholes into your experiences to say, oh, it was this or that. And I can't prove it because they weren't there. And then all my favorite experiences, like for me individually, is like, I was there. I know this is real because there is no rational explanation behind these experiences. And I'm, I'm experiencing that. And so that it is what it is. But, you know, you're never going to win with everybody. I'm going to give you an example that I put in my book as well, which is one of those really pleasurable uh, experiences. <laughs> it's one of those, the same exact thing. So I had just gotten involved in the paranormal and um, I went over to my cousin's house and it was my cousin's daughter's birthday party. And she had Hello Kitty toys all over the place. There were about nine or 10 of us in, in the living room in a circle. And she was asking, what's going on with these ghosts? You grandma and grandpa are here. I'm like, you know what? I, I, like right as we said that the light above us flickered and i'm like that was a little weird and she's like you really think maybe that was them i'm like i, I don't know and there was a hello kitty car about this big on its side about maybe two feet away from my leg and it just goes Vroom! next to me and it just kind of popped in my head i'm like you see that that like i'm playing with that and nobody was around you know playing with it so i put it on its all four wheels and i'm like grandma grandpa if that's you can you move it towards your granddaughter next to me and uh, it went right up to her leg. So everyone's, you know, we're, we're, everyone's like, oh, what happened over there, this and that. And like one of my cousin's um, husbands, really skeptical, oh, come on, you know, that's just a, by chance, this and that. So then she's sitting to the left of me and my other cousin, who's her sister, is over on the other side of the left corner. So we ask again, grandma, grandpa, that's really you. Can you back up the car and aim it towards your other granddaughter, which is her sister all the way there? The car backed up and did a three-point U-turn and aimed right towards Lisa and everyone's screaming in the room like, what the hell? So the skeptical husband's like, oh, come on, where's the remote control? And they found it. it's on the couch, still in the plastic and no batteries. So then we asked one more time, 
Now, my uncle is sitting over here on the right, on the right side of the room. And we asked Grandma and Grandpa one more time, if that was truly you, please, can you back it up and aim it towards your son, you know, Jim? All of a sudden, everyone is screaming in the room. And the car backed up and aimed right towards my uncle. And my uncle's like, I need another drink. And got up <laughs> to the kitchen, got a drink. And my skeptical cousin's husband sat there was like, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't even know what to say. And that's that's my point. So something like that, when you can't you can't you can't come up with an answer for something like that. In numerical order, that that car went into exactly who we wanted to out of like nine or ten people, and we're watching the remote control, and no one's controlling this thing. That is what I'm talking about. Something like that to that level. There's no way they could sit there and say oh, it's this or it's that or, you know, you know what I mean? So it's really dependent on the type of experience that would go on where, oh, they could discount probably most things. But if it's something like that, then, you know, go ahead, try to debunk it because there's no way. You ever had anything you can't, um, you can't clear? I don't mean that a soul you can't move on, but an attachment. Have you ever brought anything home that you can't, you can't shift? <laughs> I mean, there's things that follow me home all the time. I do think that there's a bunch of spirits that follow me around as a whole. And it's kind of interesting, I think, because of the level of respect that I typically and have um, shown spirits. I feel like these, like some of these earthbound spirits, they are attracted to my energy and they, they kind of like tell me information too. Like they, they kind of want to guide me. They're almost like guiding spirits, even though they're kind of stuck too. It's, it's a strange type of thing. But I get some of those. Do you know who they are? No, I mean, I hear like names. Uh, and stuff, and I get little bits and pieces, but I'm not exactly who all of them are. But I, I feel like there's a diversified, you know, amount and different ones that come in and out sometimes. Um, it's a little bit of a mystery, but some of the names, it's just like, I know you follow me. I hear your name all the time. But you get those dark, evil things coming in and out. There's a guy who's really relentless, really pissed off, wants revenge. My book, and I crossed over, I believe, two women that he had actually killed and raped when he was alive and he had them trapped. Um, and I wrote about this story and uh, he, to this day, he's telling me he's pissed off and I, uh, how I took these women away from him. Um, so he kind of references and he'll stick around. He, he's probably been the most relentless spirit that I've ever encountered. He's just, it's just crazy. He, everywhere I go, he somehow references. <laughs> I've never encountered something I would consider, you know, crypto in a physical form that I can think of. Um, it's kind of a tricky thing because, I mean, obviously everything's based for me. I'm more on the spiritual side because, like, I experience the ghost stuff everywhere I go. It's there. It's right there. When you talk about the crypto um, zoologist type stuff, it's like, you know, these experiences when you have videos and, and stuff like that. I've never had an experience myself. I mean, David Weatherly, I've actually investigated um, quite a few haunted locations around the country with as well, um, but I've never done any crypto stuff with him, but it's very fascinating. I do have a theory about something like you would say Bigfoot. I've never experienced it, but um, you know, you think about all the videos of Bigfoot um, and all the characteristics of what Bigfoot actually displays. You're talking about leaving footsteps to wood knocking, to growls, to foul smells, leaving you know, hair behind. I mean. Everything that a Bigfoot has done, a spiritual energy has as well. I mean, if you talk about apports, I mean, physical objects or, or anything that can come in from their world into ours, 
um, to footsteps. And you know, I mean, like people, ghosts can leave footsteps in dirt, mud, in the house. I mean, all these characteristics. So, I mean, to me, it's like, it would make sense of why this thing's so elusive and we've never caught the physical being because it's actually a prehistoric spiritual being that once lived and we're experiencing because there's people that actually have experiences and myself too, um, of a ghost that you actually thought was a real person. So if you have those types of experiences that can happen from a spiritual perspective, then, you know, I'm thinking that this is some sort of prehistoric spiritual being. These other creatures, I've always been like interested. It's just like fascinating, but I've never gone out and tried to like search for that sort of thing or experience something like that. It's always been on the spiritual paranormal side of things, but it's, you know, it definitely, I'm, I'm open to anything. I mean, pfft, everything that I've experienced, I mean, pfft, I about anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> So, dude, I've watched certainly all of, of Ghost Loop, some of the Demon Files. You seem to always be Mr. Cool in the sense that you, you don't seem to, to be able to be sh uh, shaken, shook in any situation. Um, obviously, that comes from a belief in your own, um, you know, having, having God and your religion on your side and, and believing in that power. Yes. So what scare, what scares you? Um, I would say, well, I've, like I've said, I've experienced... Within, within the realm of the paranormal, you know. Obviously. Within the realm of the paranormal, I've experienced so much. I've been doing this over 11, like 11 years now. And it's just like, I've been pulled out of my bed and by my ankle, about a foot out of my bed. I've been growled out of my ears. I've had spirits try to pull me out of my body. I've seen creatures with tails and hooves and things with red eyes and door slamming, objects picking up and throwing. Like... I've experienced so much to the point when I know that my faith protects me. Like the only time where I'm actually vulnerable and I wouldn't say it's like they can, well, they, they can frighten me for a moment is when I'm trying to sleep. We're most vulnerable when we're sleeping. So if my eyes are closed and something, something's floating over me and it wants to telepathically project and influence my dreams to give me a nightmare or make me have a physical feeling of being scared, then they'll get me for a moment. And that happens a lot on and off throughout my life through this whole journey and I'll jump up and I start throwing holy water all around and it scatters. It's just like a, it's a nuisance to me. And I just like, yeah, you might freak me out for a moment because I'm not prepared. Um, so that's really how they can startle me for a moment. <laughs> but then, if, you know, the, the moment you get your wits back about you, you know, you know how to handle the situation. Well, again, if, if you don't truly believe that God's more powerful than any evil spirit or diabolical force, then that's a crack in your aura. That's a crack in your faith. And they'll subconsciously use that against you um, to go, you know, to go up against you and, and attack you psychologically, emotionally, physically, or spiritually. Um, so that's why it's so important that, that you have that faith. And, and, you know, and I always say that anyone who decides to get involved in the paranormal, you, you really got to find a faith foundation um, because you can't fight these evil spirits with guns or fists. It's a different ball game and you got to be prepared for the worst type case scenario when it comes to these things that can happen to you it is a thrill ride don't get me wrong i mean people love to do this but it's it's not healthy or safe to treat the paranormal uh, investigating like it's uh, an amusement park um because there's there's dangers to it and this is something that you'd have to you have to live with for the rest of your life um and once you step in the way evil you're always <laughs> going to be a target and they're always going to be looking for way back in um to go up against you and they'll sit dormantly patiently with no conception of time in the spirit realm, past, present, future, all the same thing. 
They can wait years, decades, until you have no clue, has nothing has to do with the paranormal, and come in there, and because of an invitation that you let it in through something that you did, and mess with you. And because they they want to they want to get the best chance of victimizing um, whatever individual has invited them in to attack them, and they don't want to be recognized who they are and what they're doing from the shadows tactically. Dude, if you if I was anywhere near you now, I'd need a, a bottle of wine and I could. Um, <laughs> all night I, oh yeah well, i mean you know that's what i do man even when i jump on periscope i sit there for hours i speak to people because it's my passion so i can go on and on and on because i've had so many experiences and it's so great and nice to be around people who are like-minded and interested as well because we can all have so many open deep discussions about you know spirituality and like things that people have had gone on and it's just you know you know i'm always we're always keep learning but you know I'm appreciative and humbled to have these spiritual experiences and I and know it's for a reason. I just want to make sure that I, again, I make an impact with it. Um, not just for selfish reasons, but, you know, spreading it throughout the world and leaving my mark, <laughs> you know, even if, even if your advice or knowledge that you're portraying out there into the public helps one person or a million people, you're still making a difference. And that's, that's how I, I, I imagine when I go out and speak to people on Periscope and you have like hundreds or a couple of few thousand people watching, or if I go to a Paracon and speak or, or writing a book. I knew that if I wrote down my stories, like, you know, it's, it's sharing those experiences. And even if it helps somebody, you're still helping and it's out there. People are, 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 you know, paying attention to it and they might be able to relate them. And it also might be able to help them and protect them from something that they're going through themselves, um, you know, as a spiritual terminal type of situation or uh, diabolical force or attachments, oppressions or infestations in the house or whatever it may be like, you know, because in, old days, a lot more people were isolated because they'd have to look up in a yellow pages for someone who's a parapsychologist or find someone like Ed Lorraine Warren, which is really hard to find. Um, and people would, would shun you out of a neighborhood if you even spoke of this stuff. And I, I think it, we have moved forward. I mean, a lot more people are open to this sort of thing. Um, but, you know, there's with more people being open to it, it comes a lot more people about it and, 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 and date, you know, put themselves in dangerous situations. because so, but there's a happy medium, no pun intended when it comes to this stuff. And overall, I think there's, people are way more open to it. And I think that's a positive thing because ultimately I think we'll come closer and closer to having more scientific evidence of things and um, people just- If we could just answer one of these questions, we, we change you know, the fabric of our own existence. You know, the, all the big questions that underpin all theology and, and for, for the whole of time, you know, some of these, we just say we just need the answer to one or two of these kind of big questions, and you change everything. Yeah. You change yeah. everything. Absolutely. Um, you know, all we can do is just keep pushing, be persistent, be passionate, um, kind, and genuine intent with intent with whatever you're doing because you cannot hide your intent when it comes to spirituality. So if your intent is twisted and you on materialistic reasons, um, you know, that's going to bite you in the ass at some point. Um, you, you need to have the right intent to want to help people. Like, you know, I never thought I'd be on TV for the paranormal. I never thought that. I mean, when I first started doing it, I tried to prove to a friend who was a skeptic that goes surreal. And I got my first EVP in a graveyard. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this shit is real. And I was freaked out, but I was exhilarated and full of excitement to the point where I'm like, all right, I found a buddy of mine and I just started going to cemeteries and just recording audio and EVPs, intelligent responses, and then things happen. I'm, I'm seeing shit, shadows and stuff. 
And I, I never filmed anything. I just went out there for the experience because I'm like, oh my God, it's just like, this is amazing. Like there is something after death. I'm having these experiences and, you know. Is that when you first started becoming more aware that you had the yeah. extra kind of vision? Yeah, so I, I was doing that. And then, um, you know, someone brought me on a podcast randomly. And then they said that, you know, it's, you sound like you have a calling. Um, to be a demonologist. It seemed like there was there, it was there from the beginning. They were talking about it. Um, and um, it, it seemed like that that's really what it was. I was geared towards having to deal with um, these evil things, but you know, I'm articulate. I'm, I, it's my passion. I, I, I get right into it and I, you know, I, I delve really deep and, and <laughs> how these happen and I'm learning through single experience that I've had up until this point and every day forward from now. I mean, so, and whenever I have, I can help with any soul that I come in contact that's either living or dead. If you're interested, my first published book, Shadow Chaser, um, you can get it off Amazon the UK um, and all the different countries. I mean, if you live in the US, I mail out signed books um, from my website, Sean D. Austin, S-E-A-N, D as in David, A-U-S-T-I-N. AUSCIN.com. Um, and um, yeah, my second book should be out around Halloween. I'm calling it Shadow Chaser The In Between. And it's more um, creepy, crazy stories of my paranormal experiences, including a crazy, actually, the Amityville Horror is, is involved in it because I had experiences having to do with the house and a possessed girl who was pregnant. That's really insane. Um, and I'm excited to get that out and share it with people because, you know, these stories are meant to be out there um so we'll see what happens sean man thanks so much for taking the time out of your day your evening to come and, um, and talk with us absolute pleasure likewise man god bless take care you as well thanks man. Here Beyond the Veil has been written and presented by myself, Mark Watson. Music and soundtracks are credited and licensed to Purple Planet and to Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. All rights are reserved by our parent company, MLW Publishing. You can follow us at facebook.com forward slash Veil or on Twitter at peerbeyondtheveil or at peerbeyond2020. Please click the like and subscribe buttons when you see them, most importantly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps us to attract the attention we need to keep the show going, to get the guests that you all want to hear from, and to help more and more people peer beyond the veil.